All right, Ramblers, let's get rambling. All right, folks, let's talk about all the starting strength events that we have coming up. For full seminars, we have Wichita Falls up next on March 6th through the 8th, then over to Woodmere, New York on April 17th through the 19th, and then Denver, Colorado on May 15th through the 17th. For lifting camps coming up, the next few camps are going to be squat and deadlift camps. Woodmere, New York on February 23rd, and Savannah, Georgia on March 28th, Tampa, Florida on April 4th, and Bellevue, Washington on May 16th. We also have a deadlift and power clean camp on the list in Farmington Hills, Michigan on April 25th at Gray Steel. If you're looking to become a starting strength coach or just get better at coaching the lifts, we do have a few coaching development camps on the list. The next one is going to be in Houston, covering how to coach the squat on February 22nd, and then over in Villa Park, California on March 21st to cover how to coach the power clean. A couple meets on the list. Woodmere, New York is having a deadlift meet on March 22nd. And Weights and Plates in Phoenix, Arizona is having their Starting Strength Spring Classic contesting the squat, press, and deadlift on April 18th. So Starting Strength is opening franchise gyms all over the country, with four locations operating now and three other major metro markets on the list, including L.A., Chicago, and Boston. At these gyms, you'll be able to train with a coach for about $25 a session. If you're looking for a gym near you, or if you'd like to request a gym in your city, or you'd like more information on how to open your own Starting Strength gym, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. That's locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. And as usual, for more details and registration information, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. Uh, it's Friday. So we're here because it's Friday. We're here every Friday. We're audio. We're video at startingstrength.com at noon. We're here with uh, our friend Nick Delgadillo today. And we got an interesting, interesting topic that we're going to talk about today. Uh, homeschool has been uh, uh, kicked around recently on the boards. And we thought we would just do a little uh, podcast on homeschool. Uh, and as far as comments from the haters are concerned, fuck those guys. Fuck them. Fuck them. Bottom 2%, I think. I think I was being generous with 3%. I was bottom 2%. So we'll, we'll do that when the show means less. When I'm just doing a Q&A or something, we'll read comments from those. We know how much you enjoy comments from the haters. Not today. It's a waste of time. So... Uh, Nick, thanks for coming on. Uh, You're welcome, Rip. We've asked Nick to come on because Nick and Kathy homeschooled their kids. And uh, we were, that's turned into a pretty interesting thread. Uh, it really has. A bunch of people have made a lot of points. Well, it uh, started because, remind everybody, it started because a high school student, a girl, softball player, Softball player was injured when the coaches calculated that she could deadlift 285 pounds. Calculated. That. Calculated through an app or computer yeah, or some, some, shit. some shit. And they put her on the bar. <clears throat> she attempts to deadlift it. It doesn't break off the floor. So the coaches assist her, lift up the weight. A forced rip with a weight she can't break loose from the floor. And then let go. And then, so, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, uh, these people are dangerous. Uh 
we're yesterday we're we're uh, as we video this um uh that's right it's not live <laughs> spilled the beans huh as we videoed this yesterday one of the coaches one of the exemplary high schools here in Wichita Falls almost killed one of the girls uh on the track team uh Kids, being kids, don't eat breakfast. You know, they get to get to school and they haven't eaten anything. And uh, these geniuses decide that today we're going to superset high rep squats and lunges in the weight room. And then we're going to go out on the track and we're going to do a whole bunch of sprints, you know, 15, 20, 20 sprints. Yep. Uh, girl <clears throat> was complaining of a headache, a severe headache, to the coaches. And as high school coaches are wont to do, run it off, yep. whatever coach talk is for that. And uh, girl collapsed, was unresponsive, ambulanced her down to the embarrassing United Regional Healthcare Center. And uh, they... Uh, Apparently resuscitated her, <laughs> and she was at some point, you know, conscious. I don't know how she is today, but apparently they sent her home. She was dehydrated. Yep. But while it had been eighty degrees when it while that yeah it it's been winter <clears throat> yep. and we've had three or four warm days right and they're all sweaty and hot. So in they the had weight a great room. idea to go outside and, and do all this shit. Great idea to do all this shit in the weight room yep. first, right. and then yep. go outside and make use of the uh, gorgeous weather by finishing off the process of nearly killing one of the goddamn athletes at the school. And uh, we know this because one of our members' uh, daughter is also on the track team and accompanied the injured girl down at the hospital and kept us surprised at the situation. She was severely dehydrated. But my point is they ignored the complaint from the kid. I have a severe headache. Yep. They made her train on through it. I have a severe headache. They didn't think to ask, what did you eat today? How much have you had to drink today? They're not familiar with the symptoms of potential neurological problems. So, And, and we, it's not, it's not, a, it's not isolated to just Wichita Falls. I mean, this is no, no, high, no, school, that's just, high school coaches all over the place. Um, you know, we've, we've all experienced that kind of behavior. I mean, sure. and, and it's not just at that school, right? So there's, uh, no, I mentioned it only because it, it's immediate. It's immediate. And it's, it's, you know. it's a, that's a real dangerous situation, but they, every day they've got kids doing, you know, I, I trained a kid a couple of years ago here who was doing jumping squats, 225 with 225 back, pounds, a kid jumping who squats, was encouraged to leave the ground <laughs> with 225. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's no. No danger of a dynamic compression injury there. One of oh, my of clients, course not. One of my clients, they made him do um, an AMRAP with 275 on his back. He did end up, he ended up doing like 13 reps, and he couldn't train for the next two two times we uh, were supposed to train together. Yeah, yeah. And I talked yeah, to I a, talked to a parent yesterday whose uh, whose kid is in powerlifting, uh, one of the high schools. 315, you know, as many reps as you can get. Yeah. 315 for 10. What's that kid's training going to look like for the rest of the week? It's yeah. not training. He's a 160-year-old, 160 160-pound 160 kid. It's not training. It's not, exactly. It's just get in the gym. It's and not training. It. It's just 
fucking around <laughs> in the gym with some high school coach watching. Yeah. Uh, I'm hard on high school coaches all the time. I'm hard on them in the podcast. I bitch about them in the seminar. And this is why. These people are dangerous. They're not very smart. Of course, there are a few there are a few good ones, but the few good ones know what I'm talking about, right? And just to preface our discussion today, if you're a parent and your kid comes home with some bizarre story about this having taken place, it's your job as the parent to react to it correctly, all right? Mm, this girl woke up yesterday, finally, but it could easily have gone the other way. And you know exactly what I'm talking about because we hear about this kind of shit all the time. Now, whose fault is this? Is it the kid's fault? She's a kid. She didn't eat breakfast. You're supposed to know she's stupid. She's a kid, right? But you're the coach, okay? And these people are apparently not capable of reasoning their way through a situation like this, and the environment is dangerous, and you as a parent need to think about this. Now, I started the the podcast off today with this little anecdote because we are going to talk today about homeschool, and we're going to talk about what is a, a more pertinent generalization we can make to the whole system here. Yeah, and, and, and fundamentally it's... Uh... It's kind of the same idea behind uh, training and learning about training and really anything else you do. It's, it comes down to personal responsibility and making decisions based on the level of responsibility that you want to take. You know, because the first thing that people – well, there's a few things that people say, right, when you talk about homeschooling. Yeah, let's, 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 that's an excellent premise. Let's flesh that out. The personal right. responsibility thing? They're your kids. Right, yeah. They don't belong to the school system. They belong to you. They're your kids till they're 18. Whether Now, if you don't want the responsibility and you're irresponsible, well, don't have the little bastards, okay? But since you had them, would you please act like they're yours? They don't belong to the school system. They're your kids. They're your responsibility. They're your responsibility. It's irresponsible for their safety. You're also responsible for their education. All right? And uh, that has to be understood. That's That's the premise on which homeschool is built. They're, because the kid don't belong to the government. They belong to you. And traditionally, it's been a, it's been a, a religious thing, right? I mean, when I was a kid, the homeschool kids were all the, the, the fundamentalist Christian or the conservative Christian or Catholic mm-hmm. people that didn't want the schools influencing their children, right? And that's right. that's fine. That's that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, it's a and, reasonable thing for them of to course. think. Um, and and when I was a kid, and even when I was when I was younger before I had kids, the the idea of homeschooling was weird. The homeschool kids were considered weird, um, and a lot of that <clears throat> stigma is kind of still there. But the reasons are the same, and and the last I, I've read, homeschooling is 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 huge now. Lots of people are homeschooling, yes, and not not for are. yeah not for religious reasons. Um, I mean, cause the public schools, the government schools. I don't refer to them as the public schools; they're the government schools. Yep. The government schools are so fucking bad, and everybody that's watching this podcast either works for the government schools 
or knows this. They're, they're, I mean, it, and, and it's not like we don't have any data. You know, yep. it's not like we have it. We don't have any data. And you, you have to make a distinction. So when we talk about the government schools, at least when I talk about the government schools, you know, we're, I'm not I'm not condemning it, teachers, right? Because teachers don't become teachers to be bureaucrats. They become teachers because they want to teach kids and they they want to educate people. And then they end up getting into the shitty system, mm-hmm. and they end up just just being at the at the whims of an administration. You know, that's that's uh, top down from from a, a government curriculum and. Uh, uh, all these all these requirements and uh, bureaucratic bullshit that ends up not educating anyone effectively, right? And right. I, I went to a good school. I went to I went to Catholic schools. My parents, you know, did a lot of stuff to be able to put us in in what they thought were really good schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not much better, you know. And we'll talk about this a little bit more later. But it's right. not how people learn in a room full of other kids right. in your same peer group. But you know, anyway, I just wanted to make the distinction that. that you know, teachers get all bent out of shape when you start talking about homeschooling. Because Boy, it's they like do. Because it's like you're telling them that they're not worth a shit. And I, I'm not I'm not judging anybody's motives. Um, I think that the motives are good. But, but they're not allowed to do their job. And it's one of the fundamental problems with public schools. Right. Uh, you know, I, Nick, I think that you're, you're right most of the time, but I think you're being charitable. I think a lot of, a lot of teachers in the public schools I've known them. I went to to, to to government schools here in Wichita Falls all my life. I had several very good teachers. Yep. I had several very good teachers. But I had a whole bunch of dumbasses. Oh, I did too. A whole, yeah. whole bunch of dumbasses who just wanted a job. They just wanted a job. If uh, the, the teachers are very quick to criticize the system themselves. They don't look at it like that, but they're saying, well, we don't get paid but $50,000 a year, right? You know why they only get paid $50,000 a year? Because it's easy to get to be a teacher, and there are a lot of them laying around. It's easy to get to be a teacher. An elementary education degree, any kind of an education degree is, when I was in school, that's, you know, where all the morons were. We're in the education department. They're in communications you, now. They're in mass com now. <laughs> mass yeah. Com. yeah. Right. Well they some I mean, in mass com and but you got you've got a whole bunch of people who aren't worth any more than fifty thousand dollars. No, that's true. Now, but that they, doesn't mean every one of them. Uh, right, but right. I'm telling you. But they've got to do you, more than just get a degree. They've got to do they've got to do some other things. There's there's some well, motivation. They, they there. should need to do some other things. There, what I'm saying is that there was some motivation at some point to get into teaching, right? I mean, I, I, I'm just saying. I that think you're being charitable. I think maybe. that a lot. I think a lot of people wanted to be teachers, but I think a lot of people just wanted a job, and they chose with, teaching with some insurance, and they chose teaching well, because it was an easy degree. If you want to make teachers make more money, then just like any other supply demand price equation, you drop the supply. By making it harder to be a teacher, make the preparation more rigorous so that there are few fewer people qualified to do the job. And then what must happen to the salary? Then it goes up. Okay, now that's just a general observation based on economics. But I'm telling you that that when you've got a school system that wants to, to pay people $48,000 to be a teacher, why do they know they can get away with that? See what I mean? Yeah. 
So, well, you know, any, anytime you anytime you've got the, the the government involved, you know, you, you've got you, once you got a government job, it's hard it's hard to not have a government job anymore. It really is. Yes. You know, so so it, it, I, I think my point stands and it's valid beyond a certain point. Once you're once you're in as a, in once you're in the system, once you're a teacher, you're going to be a teacher as long mm-hmm. as you want to be a teacher. It's what where seems to it, be the case. Where if know? it wasn't that way, where everybody's forced to go to these schools, everybody's forced to go to the school within their district. In other words, there was a way for them to compete. I think you'd have a lot of the shitty teachers not be around anymore. Well, recently I've heard several stories uh, about, uh, you know, good teachers getting pissed and quitting. Yep. And – it appears as though the reason they're doing that is because the administration has decided, and they started doing this a long time ago, the administration has decided that the teachers are not allowed to enforce any kind of standards of behavior in the classroom. Uh, it's not the teacher's fault. They're getting as frustrated with that, with that as everybody else is. But if the administration decides that teachers are not allowed to discipline their children, then you don't have a class. Right. You got a yep. you got a room full of people. Yep. And uh, and if uh, uh, I heard this bizarre story yesterday, uh, the rule is that if you've got a, I've got a there was a there was a, a girl in the class that was acting up, and I, by acting up I mean turning over desks and throwing shit around and out of goddamn control, right? And the teacher was ordered to get up, get everybody else out of the classroom into the hall, and lock the door. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, yeah. you, you know, it, if, if 10% of these stories we hear are true, uh, public schools are not a learning environment anymore, yeah. and that's what they're supposedly there for. But as you and I both know, there are a group of parents who don't take that responsibility we discussed earlier seriously and use the public schools as daycare. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm, that's, I guess there will always be. Yeah, that people, cohort, you people know? yeah, people need to work. And that, uh, so that's kind of what we were getting to at the beginning. There's there's the first thing people say is, you know, uh, we need the income. We need we need the income. So this isn't something that if if you your kids are already in school in order to take them out, it's going to it takes dramatic changes to your life, right? So yes. the, what what we did is I mean, we we decided before, you know, when the, the right. w- before I think you, even before the kids were even born. You made plans. Yeah, we planned for right. it, you know, cuz I didn't I didn't want to put them in school. Um I decided early on that I didn't want to put, put my kids in school. Um and we structured our life that way. So yeah, and and this is something we discussed on the on the board there, but it's it's not feasible for everybody. But No, there, we understand that, of but course. by the same token, uh, a lot of people for whom it is feasible have chosen to abdicate their responsibility. Right. And I'm not trying to indict you people. You know, I'm, I'm just saying that uh, if th- there will be consequences to your decisions. Yep. Uh, and one of those consequences is uh, the period of time during which a human being learns most easily is from the age of about three till the age of about 17 or 18. That's when things just soak in. 
That's when you learn languages easily. It's when you learn math easily. It's when you learn all the kind of things that need to be taught to people. They, they need that period of time to be spent in a quality situation so that they can maximize their potential. If you send your kids to the government schools to be babysat, then you're going to get babysat kids, yeah. not taught kids. And it's, uh, I mean, God, I, oh, we I all, mean, we all know this. We I mean, all know you, this. You know, you know how much learning you actually did in school. And not only that, yeah. when you, when you left every day, how much of it did you retain? How, you know, and when you left at the end of the year, how much of the shit that you learned that year did you retain? Um, well, you know, and one of the most in, most important things that you can remember is is remember when you got home, and your mom said, "What'd you learn in school today?" And you said, <laughs> "Oh, nothing." But you could you tell weren't her, lying. No, were you weren't you? lying. But you could tell her everything that happened on the playground. Yeah, you, you tell know? her all that shit. Yeah, yeah. you tell her about the kids you beat up in the right, bathroom right, and yep. shit like that, but you, or they beat you up or they beat you up in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Now you're about getting Shanghai in the parking lot <laughs> on the way out to, on the way out to recess yeah. and shit like that. But when you, when she asked you what you learned at school today, you know, the things that, the things that you learn are things that you want to learn. Right. I mean, otherwise you're just kind of getting through the process. You're just getting, you're just doing whatever you need to do to get through the day and get through the year or get through the month without you're getting just, your parents up your ass and getting the teachers up your ass. You're and just that's punching the ticket. Aren't and that, that's what, that's what, in my mind, that's what school teaches you to do. It teaches you how to get by. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for me, you know, yeah. I, I got really no, good at getting right. by with doing the bare minimum. Um, and I was skate, good at it. Skate through the day. Very good at it. Learn yeah. how to skate yep. through the day. Huh? Yep. So I could yep. go about learning shit that I wanted to do and doing things that I wanted to do, you know? Right. Um, so the, you know, it, it's the, the income thing. It's the people feeling like they're not qualified to teach. And I think we we're hitting on that already. You know mm-hmm. I mean? that the, the idea that somebody else is qualified to teach your children better than you is a uh, is a fantasy. That's a that's, that's a not true. that's a an odd, especially at that age that you just discussed that you just talked about. I mean, there's going to be a, a point where you can't teach your kids something anymore. You know, if they if you don't know it, when it comes it, time to teach Calc one, maybe you're not qualified. Maybe you're not qualified, but it's 2020, and uh, there's resources available that can yeah. teach your kids Calc one if they want to learn right. Calc one. If they want to learn Calc one, they're not going to want to learn Calc one. Unless they're exceptional kids in a in a modern government school situation, because right. they don't have to. They don't have to, right? They don't have to, yep. and it's not encouraged. Yeah, I mean the 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 prerequisite for graduation is like pre-algebra or some shit. Yeah, I don't think like, you even need to I have think we had to have algebra one. Yep. And then algebra two was an elective. Yep. So most people didn't do it. Uh, calculus was offered in my school. But nobody ever told me I'd need calculus. Right. I, you know, you know how many times I talked to a counselor, my whole four years in high school. Probably once. None. Zero. Zero. I, they have <laughs> three people in the or four or five people in the counselor's office up yep. there, and none of us could ever figure out what the hell those people were there for. Yeah. I was never counseled. Yeah. Yep. You know, you would think, you know, you'd have a counselor's appointment one day. And you'd go in, and the counselor would say, "Hi, Mark. 
What do you plan on doing? How are you? <laughs> How, you do you seem like a bright kid. Yeah. You're, you're doing all this right now. Do you want to go to college? Yeah. What do you want to do in college? Oh, you want to be a science major in college. You know what science you want to do? Well, I no, it's not necessary. But I, you know, if you've got, if you want to be a science major and you haven't decided yet, then here's some things you might want to think about. You need to do while you're here right. in high school. You need to take four years of math. I took it. I took four years of math anyway because I figured that anything I hated that bad, I was going to need to know how to do. Yep. Right. But nobody ever told me that. Nobody ever told me that if you're a science major, you're going to have to have calculus in college, and it'd be better if you took calculus in high school. It would be better for you if you took calculus in high school. Not one person. No teacher, no counselor ever told me that. And this was 45 years ago when before the schools got to be as shitty as they are now. And, uh, you know, I, I primarily think that... As with most problems with government-operated things, the problem is not with, for example, the field agents in the FBI. The problem is the administrative structure of the FBI. And it's the same with every government institution. People that are running the schools at the administration level, they don't care about anything except keeping their job and about getting another school bond issue passed. Yep, yeah, and funding. Yeah, what's the and, most important thing and, that happens here every year in Texas? I mean, I, I didn't... Every year. Every year, the STAR test. I don't, I don't even know what yeah. that is, but it's some kind of standardized oh, test, some I'm st- sure. stupid standardized But you test. hear about this... I, I, don't, I don't have kids in school, but I hear about the STAR test for weeks until mm-hmm. it happens and then it's a big deal it happens and i guess they're i guess that's the metric by which the school district or the school or the teachers or whatever right. are are judged and and whether or not they get a budget next year or whatever it is you know it, it, it's and you know we had standardized tests in school and it was again the most important thing mm-hmm. it's not about learning it's about it's about passing, passing the test, the test and, or, or the school getting a certain score on the test well and then the second most important thing that happens here in texas and probably where you are too is that every five years the uh, school superintendent will go to uh, the school board and demand that they issue another school bond. Hmm. We had a bond yeah. issue. Yeah. They need $57 million. Right. Because if they don't have $57 million, the schools are going to fucking fall down. Yeah. And everybody They're going to collapse. Illiterate. Everybody will be illiterate. Everybody will be out in the yard because the roof is caved in on the schools that they somehow failed to maintain. Everybody be illiterate. Everybody's got to have a computer. Every, everybody's got to have a brand-new air-conditioned school building. All this shit over here needs to be consolidated and abandon that building over here. Yep. And if, uh, you know, if I was more cynical, it, I, I might be inclined to think that school superintendents Politicians. are hired on the basis of their ability to get a bond <laughs> issue. <laughs> No. Why I'd hate to no, suggest something that. like that, but I'm afraid, well, you, you know, <laughs> it's occurred to me before. So, uh, so the 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 government thing, you know, the, 
that's that's a that's the a big problem, right? But it's not it's not just isolated to government schools because it, because anybody who runs a school is still going to be subject to the Department of Education stuff, the mm-hmm. state boards, all this other shit. So right. it's just rampant. It's everywhere. Right. Uh, you know, charter schools, whatever. It's it's just the whole thing is all messed up. Um, so reason number one, you know, you, you you don't want your kids in a government school. You don't want your kids subject to some arbitrary curriculum that somebody decided is going to work. Where did that curriculum come from? Mm -hmm. You know, whoever had the best bid, whatever it is, you know, whoever decided this is the thing that we're going to teach, that might not be the best thing. You know, it's not the best thing. You know, it might not, it might not be, but I think that at some level there is an argument to be made for a classical liberal arts education like you would receive at uh, St. John's in Santa Fe where everybody in the school goes through and learns all the same shit. Everybody takes classical Greek. Everybody takes classical Latin. Everybody reads the Odyssey in the Greek. Everybody takes Calc 2. Everybody has chemistry and physics. Everybody. Everybody deals with uh, various humanities topics. But they're at this level here instead of this level exactly. right here. Exactly. And that and, and not everybody's gonna be able to do that. No. And I mean but but everybody has to go to the public schools and people want to go to St. John. Right, exactly. Exactly you know, right. It's a completely different environment. Yep. And if you are going to shove everybody into the same education system and then make the level here because this is how we pass the most number of people exactly. and make our numbers look good, then you've got a series of motivations uh, that descend from the bureaucracy and not from the best interest of the students. Exactly. Yeah, by default, it's going to be lowest common denominator. Yes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be designed to get people through. And the point here is that it, for anybody, I guess who, who I'm talking to now is anybody who thinks that homeschooling would be a good idea or the the idea is appealing that is concerned that they're not qualified to teach their own children right because the the curriculum at school the school is set up for babysitting like you said and it's set up for to pass as many people as possible the school is set up for the people who are it's the bell curve just like everything else of course the normal distribution top of the bell curve is a c that's who we're worried about we're, I've heard them say this a thousand times. Of course. We're not worried about the A students on this tail yeah, over they're here. they're taking care of They're them. taking care of themselves. Right. And we're not worried about the people over here that are failing because there's nothing we do to Special help Special ed them. program. Yeah. For them. Right. Yep. So we're worried about sure. teaching the things that the person with 100 IQ can understand without ever challenging them, without ever. And, you know, I, I can already see the comments from the haters rolling in. I'm a public school teacher, and you don't know what the hell you're talking about, Rip. And besides, you're fat. Right. <laughs> I and say it all already, you know. Uh, but you know what? Public school teachers that are going to be offended by this, we all know you. It's not your fault, okay, but uh, that you're not held to a higher standard. It's the administration's fault, and there are just motives here that are insurmountable. And the only way to guarantee that your kids, 
that your kids, and you know this because you may homeschool your own kids, probably not if you're a public school teacher, but you may Some have. Some of them do. You may have them in no private shit. school. No, you, so, no, you may have them in private there's school. There's plenty of, of public school teachers. I know a couple of them yeah. who will not put their kids in their in their right. own schools. Right. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I know that that's true. I know that that's true. So we're not, we're not, we're not indicting. What we're indicting here is the system. And the system can't be fixed. The idea that parents aren't qualified to teach their own kids is uh, a way that the status quo reinforces itself. That's right. Yeah. Because they want to intimidate you into giving them your kids. Because after all, we got, we got this. it. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's this. convenient for them, and it's also convenient for you know to to it's convenient for people to to think that. You know, I, I've I've talked to very smart people when I when I've discussed homeschooling with them and like, how am I supposed to teach my kid this? How am I supposed to teach my kid that? Um, and you know, my answer my answer is always, look, if your if your job required, I remember talking to a very very smart guy that I worked with, um, and my kids were really small; they weren't even in school yet. And I and they're like, what what are you gonna do for school? Um, I said, I'm going to homeschool. You know, like, aren't you worried about that? So socialization, right? There's that. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But then, how am I going to teach my kid? Algebra. And I said, look, man, if your job required you to learn algebra, could you learn algebra? Well, yeah. You're going to learn algebra real damn quick. You had it yourself, right? (laughs) Right. Remember? Right. Remember? You you made a B in it. It wasn't that hard. Yeah. In other words, if it was important, if it was something that you needed, if it was a tool that you needed, if it was some knowledge that you needed, if it was something that you needed in your life, you'll learn it. You'll figure it out. And you're 40. It's hard for you to learn shit now. A right. kid is like programmed to learn, to absorb and learn, and they just they just learn. That's that's all they do. They just learn things, you know. And, and there's there's a um, I don't want to I don't want to misquote, but there's one of the guys, uh, one of the big names in, in homeschooling. I believe this guy was a was a like New York State Teacher of the Year. Um, but he he would always he he had a quote that was like, if if the schools taught children how to speak. It would take two years, and most kids would never learn how to speak. Yeah, you know, you know? that's a very good point. Uh, yeah, and, and who taught them how to speak? Nobody. I mean, they just did it because they, they have copied to. their parents. Exactly. That's exactly. They copied their parents. Yeah. Their parents taught them to right. speak. Yeah. All you have to do is point the kids in the direction. And look, some people, some parents are more really hands-on and 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 uh, strict with what they do and how they do it in curriculums and stuff. We're we're kind of the opposite. Uh, we're not, you know, we don't have like every, every day for two hours, we're going to do school. Like I'm not trying to recreate school at home, but you know, my point is, you know, the, the, the first thing that really validated this whole thing to me is my kids learning to read. I didn't teach them how to read. I didn't teach them how to read. I, I didn't, me or Kathy didn't spend a single moment saying, here's an A and it sounds like this. You know, we had books everywhere and we read to them. She read to them. Um, and then they would pick up books and just stare at them. They couldn't read, but they would just stare at them and flip through them. And then one day, I mean, I don't remember, Jackson was like six or seven, and he just like read a sentence. It's like, holy shit, he's reading. He just woke up. And then the and then my daughter <laughs> sees this and right. wants and, and is like, Oh shit, I'm behind now. And she learned how to read faster than he did. You know, I mean it's incredible. Yeah. And and I'd I'd read about that kind of stuff happening uh for years leading up to it. And you know, you never really believe it. And then I saw right. I was like, shit, man. I, I, you know, I, we don't have to worry about this. They'll be fine. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. And if, and if there's something <clears throat> they need to learn, um, if they're interested in it, they're going to learn it. 
So my job, if they're if there's something they want to learn, they're gonna learn it. They have to be interested in it though. It can't mm-hmm. be it can't be something that's tedious. Um, all you have to do is point them in the right direction, give them the tools, give them the resources, and they'll learn it. You know. Um, well, the the idea that they can't learn it without the help of a professional educator that's right. is uh, that's just propaganda that reinforces the system yeah. and. Uh, it's useful, though. It's useful to reinforce the system. Um, it, if, if, if you'll step back and look at the system, uh, you'll see what the you'll see the nature of the problem. You've got a tax structure yep. in every independent school district in the in the world in the country, and the tax is normally determined on the value of real property. And uh, people are taxed whether or not they have a kid in school. I've been paying taxes on the government schools for decades. Yep. I don't have any kids. And in a, you know, in, a, in a normal, rational world, it could be justified that I'm investing in society. And if that were actually true, I would, I would be happy to do it. But I'm not investing in society by furthering the, the aims and the continuance of the, of the government schools yep. because they're not doing their job. They're not doing their job. Now, if they were doing their job, it would be more palatable, but they're not doing their job. It would be much, much better if I were allowed to take the money the, the property tax money that I pay every year to two or three different independent school districts where I own property and, and take that money and scholarship a kid to an apprenticeship program or to give some financial aid to parents uh, to homeschool that really were taking a big giant hit on the lost income of whoever's doing the homeschooling. That would make a lot more sense to me in terms of an investment in society. But the way it is right now, if you cut these bureaucrats out of the system, they're going to buy God. And I don't like that. Yeah. And there's a, there's a nice feedback loop too, because there, you know, you've, you've, you've got this whole thing going on and then how do you, how do you, whether there's, there's uh, nefarious motives or not on the underlying you know, the underlying thing here, mm-hmm. there, there's a feedback loop where you've got a system set up and then how do you, what are the metrics? So you have a teacher delivering a lesson and then you've got quizzes, you've got homework and the metric is what comes back. The homework, the quiz comes back. What's the score on that? Has any learning actually occurred there? You don't know. The teacher doesn't know. How do they know whether the kid learned or something? They learned it enough to do that thing that task right. today. So right. let's talk so, about the, the structure of a school classroom. Well, yeah. So you Because can, this is a terribly important topic. There's, there's a lot of things about homeschooling uh, that are better than the classroom that advocates of the government schools will say kids can't get anywhere except in a classroom full of another bunch of little stupid kids, right? Uh, you know, socialization, peer, socialization yeah. peer relationship. 
let's talk about learning first, and then let's talk about the socialization aspect because these are these are brought up all the time. Yep. Yep. Well, in in terms of learning, I mean, you're you're getting you you are there you're involved in the process right that's the critical thing here you're involved in the process going back to personal responsibility so you are looking at your child and you can tell whether or not they're they're learning something mm-hmm. right uh, if they're engaged if they if they're interacting with the material and they're they're talking about it with you or with them with each other or whatever i mean it, it's it's real time right you're right. not you're not looking at a report card Right. Three months from now. And you're not looking at 35 other kids. And 35 other kids. At the same time, exactly. trying to gauge the engagement, trying to to, uh, to assess the engagement of all of those kids with the material. Yeah. They're your kids. They're right there. You know them. Right. And things were different when you were probably in elementary school because I think, you know, teachers didn't fuck around. But I was... And, and when I was a kid, it was it was pretty serious. I had nuns and stuff, and I think the nuns hit us and, and things. You know, we're, they're not they're not to be messed with. But no, our w- our teachers would. Oh yeah, physical violence. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> you were threatened with physical yeah, violence. Yeah. I not went, just for fun, but if you disrupted the classroom, yeah, she'd stand you up, whack you on the ass, yeah, and or set just you back down, you, and, or just embarrass you. I have always said that licks. You know, when the guy hits you with the big paddle, <laughs> the licks, <laughs> wham, right? Everybody remembers that. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people remember that. Um, what the coaches would do if if Miss Mauser had, if Miss Mauser, my English teacher, had to call for one of the coaches to come get you, yep, out of class and and give you five licks, he would come into the room. Because you were fucking up, she had to do that. Uh, she, you would stand up, you'd go out in the hall and get your five licks in the hall. <laughs> oh, God. In the hall, <laughs> the licks are not for you. The licks are for everybody else in the school because they can hear that. <laughs> Jesus, the, the licks <laughs> echoed down the hall. <laughs> Wham! <laughs> Wham! Five licks. All right, go back in the classroom. Everybody in the classroom's behavior is now reinforced. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in all the other classrooms' behavior is now reinforced. The licks aren't for you. They're for everybody else. Right? And if you are dealing with large groups of people, many of whom are sub-rational, <laughs> yeah. physical pain <laughs> is there for a reason. Physical pain is a very, very important learning mechanism for vertebrates. Not just for little kids, but for all vertebrates. Pain is a learning tool. And there's no reason not make use of it. But, uh, but what, now we can't do that. Well, what you have now is uh, what, what you'll see is, is there's a room full of 30 kids. And who is the, who is the teacher focused on? The ones that are the, making the, the biggest, biggest fucking racket. The biggest pain in the ass. The biggest pain in the ass is the, right. the ones who aren't getting it, the ones who are disrupting the class. You know, that's who gets all of the attention. Right. And you got the A students over there that are going to be fine They're regardless. all going. They're going to be fine regardless. Right. And you got all these middle of the bell curve kids right. that are just sitting there. You know, some of them are just getting along. Some of them might be learning something. Oh, but this might be an important place to make the observation that should be perfectly obvious to everyone that not all human beings are of the same intelligence. 
All right? There are slow kids. There are fast kids. There are average kids. Now, if we can't agree on that basic observation about human beings, then the rest of this whole discussion is is pointless. Yeah. But I think that the rational people that we're engaged with here on this podcast understand that there are varieties and there's variation in terms of people's capacity for intellectual stimulation, for intellectual understanding, all right? Once we establish that, then we can under, then we then we can establish the fact that a 35 member class. Yeah. What what are the, how does it break out? How does it break out? Yeah. Yeah, because it has to be addressed. Impossible. It's just impossible. And if you're dealing with your two or three kids at home, then the adjustments are automatic and are much easier and actually can be done because a teacher dealing with 35 kids in a classroom can't. It's a, it's a, no, there, it's it's like, it's no shit. It's babysitting. You know, there's, there's some teaching going on, but at the end of the day, how much, how many hours of learning are going on at school every day? An hour? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe two hours. I don't know. You know, uh, uh, so if you, if you take that time and you do it at home, you can get a lot done with two kids in, in two hours. You can get a lot done in one hour. Yeah, in fact, you can. Uh, just as a personal observation, uh, I learned how to write in junior high. Uh, uh, seventh and eighth grade English were where I learned how to write. We had two uh, older women that taught us. Uh, who put up with zero bullshit. Zero bullshit. Everybody in the room diagrammed sentences. Everybody in the room did reading assignments and wrote reports. Everyone in the room. It wasn't, she didn't tolerate you not turning in your homework. That wasn't allowed. And uh, I think the class was managed in a way that ensured the highest level of performance from even the people over here on this end of the tail. Uh, in contrast, I didn't learn a single thing in high school English that I that I remember. I didn't learn a single solitary thing. We were not taught grammar in high school English. And I don't know if the school system intended it that way or if the, I, I know that my freshman English teacher uh, was one of these people that just had this as a job. Yep. That's, I assure you, I remember it clearly. He had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I remember he had us read a story one day that was had a weird-ass ending. And we said, well, well Mr. Barry, what, is it, what does that mean? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me either. <clears throat> you know, and we're all going, well, why did he have us? Yeah. What, what, why was, you know, and, and, and the rest, you know, I had, I, you know, I, I think we mainly explored literature in high school, but we didn't deal with the grammar at yep. all. And I learned how to write in junior high. And, uh, but in terms of what did I learn in high school? Whatever you wanted I, to learn, I, whatever you were interested I don't, in. I don't remember yeah. learning the hell of a lot about it. Now we did have an interesting class in high school. When I was a senior, we had uh, one of the one of the science teachers 
Mr. Reed and the assistant principal were the co-owners of an airplane, a 1947 Taylor Craft. And we had what was essentially, we had about 15 people in the class. They invited several of the students to be in the class. And they invited me to be in the class. And we went to ground school. Yep. We went to actual ground school in the class and we flew the airplane. Yep. Nice. Everybody had a plane ride at the end of the semester. We had, you know, everybody got to go up and fly the airplane right. and calculate a course and all this. Now that was cool. Yep. That was cool. You know, you can't do that at yep. home. And things you, you won't forget. Right. The things I, <laughs> yeah. that I remember yep. 45 years later, right. I remember that. Yep. But the vast majority of what happened in high school, I have long since forgotten sure. because it didn't make any difference right. to me. Yep. Yep. And uh, so I don't know. I you know on on uh, you know most people my age remember the the social stuff that we did in high school. Of course, and because it was fun. You you remember and the social it, stuff. You remember, remember the you remember, remember the classes. The girlfriends. The girlfriends. You remember the you remember the, the classes where you had a teacher with. that you really liked. You do remember that. You remember the the. The, the subjects that you were personally interested in. Yes. Um, and, and that's about it. You know, that's about it. it. Right. You know, you could probably refresh your, yourself on things. We deal with this every month. Everybody's taking physics in high school. Mm-hmm. And not a single not one everybody. of them. Rem- well, a, a lot of <coughs> people that come to our seminars have taken oh, yeah, physics in high school. Oh, yeah, most of they had physical science. And that, they don't, that seems to be a freshman requirement. And they don't remember. Most, no. They, they don't, don't remember, remember the physics. They don't remember the, the, the moment arms. I mean, we're, we're going through and talking about gravity as if these people have never heard it before. Mm-hmm. And it's all it's all new, you know. Right. But, but again, we can cover it in an hour. And uh, uh, and to, to bring it into our world, a coach can learn it in a short amount of time because there's context, because they're interested in it. Well, and because we're better teachers than they Because are. we're better teachers than they are, and, and also because it's pertinent to something they want to learn mm-hmm. right now. Like right. they want to learn how to do barbell stuff, so they have to learn this this aspect of it. And all of a sudden it's in context and it makes sense, and the learning has an outcome that is immediately pertinent to mm-hmm. something that they want to do. Well, let's go back to the socialization part. Yep. Because that's the big one. Right? As, I, as I said, the 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 I had a lot of fun in school because I had a lot of friends in school, and your social relationships are are formed at school. A lot of them are continue on to this day. I still got a buddy I talked to that that I went to school with for six years in the government schools. Uh, you know, he and I are still friends. But there's a whole lot of shitty people that I remember having to interact with. Yep. Uh, the one of the big baseball bats they want to beat you over the head with in terms of homeschooling is the lack, lack of socialization. Of socialization. Right. So, yep. what what do you think about that? Well, the the. The first thing that comes to mind is when so so everybody's in, in terms of socialization, everybody's worried about when your child is an adult, are they going to be able to interact with you know whoever their employers, their coworkers, whatever, right? But at what point in your adult life have you ever been thrown into a room with thirty other people your exact same age and been forced to interact with with those people 
with one person at the front telling you what to do. You know, it's it's not it's a made up social it's, situation. It's not analogous and, to, and, to and, human behavior. To, to real no. life, to any anything right. in real life. And and the the social structure at school is such that the the things that make people valuable and important within the peer group, right? So you got 20 kids. The thing that makes a particular person valuable is what? What they wear, what shows they watch, just whatever bullshit kids come up with right. that they think is important. You know, which YouTube person they follow. So these are the things that are important to kids. So that's that's how the social groups are formed, what sports they play, you know, whatever. But this doesn't happen in real life no. ever after school. No. Right? And kids, kids go through school for 12 years having never experienced, like, real life. Right. And then they get to college and... There's more of that, but there's a little bit more mixing, and then shit just goes haywire. It just goes crazy, right? When I was in <laughs> high school, there were there were several elementary schools that fed into fewer junior high schools that fed into the even fewer high schools. So yeah, and what we ran into were cliques that were formed right in elementary school, continuing through to the twelfth grade, and you couldn't, you know, if you were outside that structure, yep. You were just, you were nothing. Right. Right? Yeah. And that's not what you find as an adult. Yeah, because an adult, what you actually contribute matters. Yes. (laughs) Like what you can actually do matters. Not where you went to grade school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's about about things that are important. And, and, you know, if if these things aren't important, then the situation you're in isn't worth a shit, right? So your performance, what you can do, your value that you bring to to, uh, where you work or, or in your own personal work. Um, and, and just how valuable you are as a person. These are the mm-hmm. things that, these are the things that matter. So why not start instilling those ideas early on? Like right. when the kid is five, not when they're out of college, because the first time somebody thinks about that stuff in the current situation is when they receive their bachelor's degree. Now I got to go operate in the real world. And these people have no, I mean, I've, I've, I've interviewed these people. They have yeah. no fucking idea. About no anything. idea. You know? What is expected of them? Right, and if you if, no if they, idea that we're not going to allow you to make a C. Yeah, right. On this thing it's I'm not, having you do at enough. work, a C is not good enough. Yep. Whereas in school it was just fine. Right. But the classroom organization. I mean, if you step back and look at this, classroom organization is strictly and only for the convenience of organizing of this huge group of kids. That's all it's for. We're not. There's not any other situation in which a human being will find himself where everyone in the group is at the same level, is at the same age, is at the same level of maturity, is at the same level of intelligence, is at the same level of physical development. There's not anything like that except the government schools. That's right, yeah. And it's a product of of, uh, the Industrial Revolution, right? I mean, this this was all just the way to make good factory workers right i mean think about it you got bells you got a schedule and mm-hmm. and this is this is the result you know this right. is what we have because how did they do it before lunch that? is at eleven thirty-two. yeah how did they do it before that you had kids in in one school with a couple of teachers and everybody was mixed ages and right. they, all, they all went to school together mm-hmm. and um I mean, the one you, room schoolhouse model have you read the letters from hey the civil that actually works pretty good sure that, have you read you letters know? from civil war people the handwriting they're, they're, and yes, the letters? they're actual literate people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They actually know. Sure. They knew how to write. 
better than I mean they're all riding at the level of Charles Dickens. And there was a lot of and there sure and there's just, a lot of illiterate people back then, yeah. but but the people that were in school got a lot out of school. Yes. You know, but it, it's not. But it wasn't set up the way it is now. Right. Because the whole structure back then was different. A, a community, a small a community. town would get together. Everybody knows the And teacher. everybody would chip in and build a schoolhouse. Sure. Everybody would chip in and hire the teacher. Yep. Right. And everybody sent all of the kids. You had you had 16-year-old kids in the same room with the 5-year-old right. kids. And everybody, those kids had responsibilities. They took care of the little kids right. when the teacher was fooling around with somebody else. And that was a, a far, far more realistic situation in which, in which young were, people were to learn, which is much more thoroughly replicated by a homeschool that's situation. That's right, because the, those kids weren't at school from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., Right. I mean, right. at the one room schoolhouse, school was a couple of hours and then because the, the kids had to work. Right. So they spent the rest of the day with adults doing adult things, learning, learning what was expected of them. Exactly. Learning exactly. the standards yep. to which they were expected to perform. That's sort of and thing. how to be productive in, in real life. Yeah. And so so the education part was actual education where the rest of their where this this school thing wasn't the dominant aspect of their existence like it is now. Right. right. Because you go to school. You wake up at as a kid. You wake up at six. You're at school at eight o'clock. You're there till three. Maybe you play sports. Maybe your parents can't come get you until after work at five thirty. Mm-hmm. So you're now at this school for eleven hours, and then you go home, and the government still has their little hands in your life because now you have to do two hours of homework at right. home, right? right. Um, so so you, you, it's just the dominant the the dominant aspect of your entire life for twelve years, if not more. Twelve years that you're learning. That how to be a good subject, I that guess. That you are supposed to do. You know, and you know, kids need to learn that there are things they're supposed to do. That's I'm not here to suggest that authority's not important. But the authority should not come from it shouldn't be arbitrary. The bureaucracy. Right. It should come from the parents. Yep. It really, really should. And uh, you know, and we talk about apprenticeship because uh, we're here at the Asgard Company, we're invested in the apprenticeship model because that's how we're, uh, that's how we have found that the best coaches have been produced. The best coaches don't come out of the master's degree program in the exercise physiology department. Uh, people get a master's degree out of the exercise physiology department, they walk in the gym uh, ready to coach. Nobody. They're ready to coach no better than a lay person off the street. What's the first thing we're going to do? Well, they don't know. They don't know about barbell training because it's not part of the curriculum. So we've got to teach them that. And we've gotten pretty good at teaching this stuff. But in an, an apprenticeship program, once again, you find a a distribution of abilities and a distribution of people of different levels of skill and experience working with each other in this program and it doesn't look like the public schools right. i mean it 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 there are similarities in that there are desks and there are classes and stuff but the the people sitting in the desk all want to be there they've chosen the profession 
and they're interested in it. And even if they're not interested in it, they are vested in it. They are, they are in a position where they have decided they are going to learn this trade. And they might be 19, they might be 28, might be just recently having thrown into a situation where they've had to change jobs. Uh, so you've got a you got a whole variety of people in in a situation. And like there's that. value and coming from both sides. So you've got yes. you've got the at the beginning the apprentice derives all the value from the experience of the person they're apprenticing with, um, but then over time the 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 person who who is doing the apprenticing. Um, it, it is is deriving some benefit from the apprentice too because it, you know you you're bringing that person up hopefully they end up better than you and not only that but they well they, and they're they working sh- for you they're during, working for you they're they're they're, they're producing value they're producing. while they're exactly. learning which is a completely exactly. absent feature of the government school rather than waiting 14 years and then now you're productive or or you can try to be productive right, right? you can if attempt you, if you can you attempt can. it right now right. you got to learn all these fucking real life skills right. 14 years after, you know, you could have been doing, and this is the thing I, uh, uh, we always talk about is, um, you know, why, why go to a four-year university, get a PE degree, and then start becoming a coach? When you could have, and by the way, you're $40,000, $100,000 in debt, <laughs> right? And you, yeah. have, you have no skills, you know, where you could, you could get this process done for five grand, maybe, including the cost of seminars and coach mm-hmm. course and all that stuff. But at the same time, you're acquiring, you're gaining experience as a coach where if you don't come out as a starting strength coach at the end of the thing, you've still gotten all this benefit and value out of the process. Sure, and you can charge money for your services. Of course. Right. Even because you're a better coach, you're a better barbell coach than anybody else. Yep. You just haven't met our standard yet. But sure. look at look at Chase. Yep. Chase started with us when he was twelve. Yep. He was a nasty little fucking pale, blonde haired little kid. Still is a nasty little <laughs> Well he's not little anymore. But he was he didn't miss workouts. He was tenacious. Yep. And he has developed into the youngest starting strength coach in the world. He's 22 now. He's starting strength coach. Kid's a good coach. And he didn't learn any of it in school. He learned it at the gym from us. Yep. And it works. It's a it's a valuable it's a, a apprenticeships an extremely valuable thing if you can obtain one. I get people calling us all the time wanting to be interns at the gym. And this this fascinates me. They seem to know that they haven't learned anything in their in their degree program. That's it's occurred to them that they haven't learned anything in their degree program. What hasn't occurred to them is the idea that for me to put up with them hanging around the gym, I'm going to have to derive something of value from them. Yeah that they are unable to offer. Now, why would I allow somebody that hasn't read my book (laughs) and hasn't been to my seminar, uh, that hasn't got a 185 squat, thus demonstrating commitment, why would I allow them to come in my gym and learn from me? What do I get out of that? 
I mean, it's got a, you know, yep. right? Uh, they're wanting me to parent them. Right. Right? They call it internship. But what they really mean is they want me to parent them. And that process apparently didn't get done in the, in the government schools. Didn't get done in their degree program. Didn't get done in the government schools. Had they been homeschooled, they might know better than to ask me such a question. Don't call the gym and ask if there are internships available because there aren't. Okay. <laughs> For yeah, and so to to bring this back to to the the homeschooling thing and, and the and actually the apprenticeship thing is perfect because uh, and I and I've explained this to people uh, multiple times because now now you've got this this bullshit where depending on where you live they're gonna force your kids to go to like a. Uh, uh, God, what did they call it? Um, I, I was talking to um, somebody in, in Seattle, and they wanted to put the nine-year-old girl in, I don't, I don't remember the name, but basically teaching her about the 38 different genders, right? And 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 t- talking about what's racist and what's not racist, you know, uh, all, just all, so this, they all, a just all this bullshit. Right. But, but that happens. It happens here. It happens in, in Dallas. It happens in Austin. It happens right. everywhere. You know. So so you you also extricate yourself from that kind of bullshit too, where you have to yes. un unteach your kids this right. this crazy shit that people no, want to indoctrinate with. No, Jackson. Um, there's boys and there's girls. <laughs> On rare, rare, rare occasions that you'll never see. Sometimes somebody's born that's kind of can you know in a in a different situation than that, but the vanishingly small number of them. But everybody's either a boy or a girl, and there are certain behaviors and certain characteristics and certain potentials that are associated with being either a boy or a girl, and that's worked just fine for the past eighty million years. And, and regardless, the nine-year-old doesn't give a shit. And the nine-year-old, <laughs> the, the nine-year-old doesn't care. Like the nine-year-old, no, you know, they have a better idea about this stuff than we do. Um, you, you know, so the 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 thing is, when you are homeschooling, you're you're doing an adult apprenticeship with your kids. That, that's that's what it that's is. That's the very best that's way I've ever heard it. Described. Because you are you're 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 guiding them. Adulthood apprenticeship. Is yeah, what it is. yeah. I mean, when you're when you're when you're doing an apprenticeship with somebody, you don't control every aspect of their lives. They bring something to the table, and for a little kid, what they bring to the table is just this fucking massive willingness to learn things. That's all they. That's yes. all they want to do. You know, from willingness the moment, and capacity and capacity. The, and the, capacity from the moment they come out, they're learning shit. You know, and it, and you put them in school, and you just and that's the best way to kill that drive in a child. Yes, is to put them is in to school. Bore them. Is to bore them to death, right? So is to bore them to death. A kid is naturally curious, curious, and naturally wants to learn stuff. They like to read. Right. They want to check out library books. They want you to to explain things to them. They have questions that they want answered. And you stick these kids in the government schools and you take a wet blanket and smother them. Yeah, yeah. I love love science until I met my eighth grade science teacher, Miss Warren. My first exposure to public school was that. And she was a raging bitch. Hated science after that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, you, it doesn't take it doesn't take much to turn a kid's interest away from something. Yep. Uh, they think they're going to have that interest answered by an adult in the government schools. Doesn't happen. And the adult is a psycho. It doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. Yep. 
and and if you and if you approach things this way, what you'll find is that your kids are generally well adjusted. They can talk to adults. You know, I mean, they they you know most most kids an adult you walk up to a kid and they're gonna hide behind their parents especially mm-hmm. you you know yeah um but you know they're, they're comfortable talking even though they're saying silly kid shit but they're still comfortable talking to adults yeah um and that's that's almost universal with 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 homeschool kids um yes. and, and the, the homeschool kids that are weird are weird because their parents are weird you know, right. and not to say that the homeschool kids that they are smart. They came by and honestly. Sure. You know? <laughs> and not to say that the kids that are the homeschool kids that are smart are smart because their parents are smart, whatever. But but the, the point is that it's going back to the beginning here, it's personal responsibility and having and having a willingness to put some fucking skin on the line and say, I'm right. gonna try to do this. And if I fuck it up, you're still probably gonna end up better off than, right. than handing I, them know, off to the government. It's like doing starting strength at fifty percent. Correct. Still better than anything else. That's right. That's right. This, what it what it basically boils down to is: look, you made them; they're yours. They wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. You don't get to just make them and then throw them over here. All right, because if you do that, they're not going to be as good as they were if you kept them here. And this is this is this is a responsibility issue. Do you want the responsibility? If you don't want the responsibility, you know, I hate to be this way, but God damn it, just get a vast job. You know, have yourself tied. Don't make kids you can't take care of. All right? Don't father and mother children that you can't raise correctly. I understand that not everybody's in a position to always do this, but the idea the ideal ought to be you've got these little kids here, little creatures that you brought into the world. You got to you be, owe them something. You got to be honest about you know, the trade offs. Don't say that it's because you're not qualified. Don't say that it's because don't use that as an excuse. Don't say it's because the teachers are better. Don't all this other shit. You know, it's, just you just got to understand are, this is where we're at. And it, you know, if you choose to put your kids in school, there there are trade offs. Um, and if you that that could be addressed by keeping them at home. You know, so yes. so th- there's the information. It's all out there. It, you know, we had the guy on the board who was who who was giving the standard everything we talked about the socialization, the, the all this shit. You know, and then he, he he I don't know if it's a he or a she, whatever. But mm-hmm. this person went and said, I looked at the research, and you guys are right. You guys are right. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, he was just parroting what he'd been taught, and he and more importantly, he was parroting the conventional wisdom that you've been taught. Exactly, and it's wrong. Okay. Homeschool kids are at an advantage. They have an advantage over government school kids in every measurable parameter. Now, that would tell you something about what you ought to do, right? All right, now, here's what the haters are going to say. Rip doesn't have any kids. Rip doesn't uh, have any skin in the game. Well, yeah, I do. I got a whole bunch of money in the game, okay? I've been paying taxes on kids that I don't have to educate in a substandard way for decades. More importantly, I have a business where we're trying to have coaches. We need coaches desperately. The demand for what we do exceeds the supply. And every young person that comes into this program that is better prepared is more likely to do a good job for us 
as a starting strength coach. Okay, I everybody that lives in this society is is terribly interested yeah. in having the best people come out of that society that they can get. And the public schools are not doing their job any more than any other government entity does. They're not doing their job. The government schools are substandard. And I don't see a way to fix them. So the way to fix the situation is for individuals to assume the responsibility for educating their kids. The responsibility they actually have, but they've been willing to cede to the government. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's it's your job to do better for your kids than that. Thanks for talking to us about this today, Nick. This is a this is a serious topic, and uh, I hope we've provoked some thought in some of you people that are watching this, and uh, maybe we've maybe we've helped some of you uh, move in the right direction on something like this. Okay. Thanks for joining us on Starting Strength Radio. We'll see you next time.